0: Hey there this is jen wade part of the core team here at springs church we just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast we are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you and if you'd like to find out more about springs church please visit our website springschurch.co.uk here's to today's message i don't know um, about you church um first of all if you don't know me sorry before i launch in if you don't know me, my name is Ben. Hello, lovely to see you. Uh, I am one of, uh, the, part of the leadership team here at Springs and uh, we just want to extend a really, really warm welcome to you, whether you would count here as home, whether you would count it as um, a hotel that you are visiting um, or whether you were just turning up for a, for a Sunday, you are most, most welcome. Um, I don't know about you, but um, recently I um, have developed a new love in my life. Um, my wife is here, there's no confessions coming. The, the new love in my life, and I'm, I'm a bit late to the game with this, the new love in my life is eBay. Does anyone love eBay? Oh my words! there is a whole internet of untapped potential that is eBay. Um, I didn't even realize, but there's a joke about eBay in Friends. Like, eBay is established and long-running. It's, uh, it's old. It's old hat. I have only recently discovered the wonderfulness of eBay. And for that reason, um, I blame my dad. My dad um, is a wonderful man of God. Uh, he goes to uh, Rise Church just down the road in Kingswood with my mom, my sister. Um, but my dad was, um, and for those of you in the room who know my dad, he is a hater of tat, um, what he hates in his house is additional clutter and things that he doesn't need. Is anyone else a tat hater in the room? There are a lot of tat haters. And so as a child, um, I was banned from car boot sales. Never, I have only ever been to two car boot sales in my whole life. I think because dad knew there was untapped potential there where my one pound pocket money could turn into 35 presents, whereas uh, he knew if I had to go to the shops, it would be one thing. Um, And so I was never allowed to go to car boot sales. However, now that my money is being spent, my son, who is four, absolutely loves car boot sales. Honestly, he's like... Daddy, you can go, and you can get 10 toys, and they're all like one pound, and he absolutely loves them. And um, it feels a bit different now, the shoes on the other foot, and now I am too a hater of tat. But what I do love, what I do love is eBay. I love buying used goods, Um, not for the sake that they're used, (laughs) yeah, let's clarify that. Not not all used things are great, are they? Some things you definitely don't want when they've been used. Um, What I think is wonderful is that that when you list things on eBay, you have to give a condition. Uh, When you look, you can see if it says condition good-used or poor-used. You might even get new or as new or boxed. There's hundreds of different conditions that eBay gives. Uh, We had a recent revelation in our life group Um, when we were talking about Pokemon cards. The world of Pokemon cards is unbelievable. Each Pokemon card, I don't know if you're aware of these monsters called Pokemon from the 90s. Um, I have, we counted, around 400 Pokemon cards in my house. And uh, these cards are essentially about this big, and they have a photo or a picture or or a painting or a drawing that's been photocopied of a little monster on them. And underneath it says What attack the monster can do? It'll say what type of monster it is. Um, Did you know one of these cards recently sold for $5 million on eBay? Logan Paul, YouTube uh, extraordinaire, not a big fan of him, um, spent $5 million on a Pokemon card that's been given a PSA rating. Screeno knows what I'm talking about. Uh, A PSA rating, it depends on how uh, the condition of your Pokemon card And it can go from one to ten. Ten being absolutely pristine, not a speck of dust on it. One being essentially torn in half. And um, the the ratings will depend upon the value that the card has. And um, so I was thinking about all these things. What I was thinking was, actually, the availability of used things, of things people don't want anymore to get rid of, has never been higher. And with each of those things, a condition is listed, a condition, as good as new, refurbished, used, poor condition, used, good condition, very poor condition. And so today, as a link into our series where we're talking about what Jesus did for us and how we might share our faith, I wanted to pose the question today, I wonder what condition you feel you are in, in this moment in time. I wonder if we listed yourself or myself on eBay, what condition would you tick for yourself, would you tick good condition? Would you tick used condition? Would you tick poor condition? Pristine condition depends on how recently you showered would be my, uh, would be my thought on that. So um, we're going to talk this afternoon from the title of What Condition Are You In? Let's just pray and then we're going to get into something that the Bible says. Lord, I thank you that you are um, the God over everything. I thank you that we've already heard a wonderful story that just exemplifies how good you are. Lord, as we talk together now for the next few minutes, um, Lord, I pray that that you would speak to our hearts dearly. Lord, would we know you? Would we connect with you? Lord, may we become Holy Spirit distracted where um, the words that are spoken from the front fade away because there's something burning within our heart. Lord, would you speak to us now? We love you. In your name. Amen. Amen. I want to read to you from the book of Romans. Um, each book in the Bible is given its title for a specific reason. And uh, the book of Romans was written to the church in Rome. And it says this in chapter 10, verses 9 to 13. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. as scripture says, Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I love that last sentence at the end. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's actually a quote from the Old Testament, from the book of Joel, actually, mate. From the book of Joel, Joel 2, verse 32. It says, everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. And the author of Romans, Paul, puts uh, these things into, well, Luke puts these things into um, his writings here. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this afternoon, my job is very, very simple. My job is to tell you about this Lord, this Jesus. I don't know if you... Uh, know him, but the message of Jesus is one of love, uh, one of powerful, true love. Jesus came to save the world, and the message of Jesus means that we can be taken away from an eternity without him and put into an eternity with him. You might have heard the Christian words heaven and hell, hell being an eternity separated from God, heaven being an eternity closer to God than you can ever be on earth the story of Jesus is about the truest love that's ever been seen on planet earth the very person of love brought down in human flesh you you I'm sure everyone here is familiar with the Christmas story and the Easter story but the wonderfulness of those things combine into this story of of Jesus's life that you can read of in the Bible. And Jesus' life forms part of a picture of what we might call something called the biblical narrative. The overarching story that runs through the Bible. All of it is justified by the death of Jesus upon the cross. Let me talk about what that might mean for a minute. Um, At the start of the Bible, we see two people called Adam and Eve. And they live really, really close with God. The Bible actually says that they physically walk with God. And at a moment of weakness, Adam and Eve are separated away from God and deceived into to separation from God. The Bible starts with God loving humanity. And then we read through the Old Testament and what we continually see is God trying to reconnect with humanity in whatever way that he possibly can. And what we continually see, time and time again, is humanity Rejecting God. Humanity choosing the way of the world as is their nature. What we see is God trying to desperately reconnect with us. And then we reach the stories of the New Testament. As a Christian, I believe that what Jesus did throughout his stories in the New Testament, throughout his death upon the cross made a way for you and I to connect with Father God again, made a way for us to connect with him all over again. If you've ever read the Old Testament, you will be aware that quite often what people did in those times to to try and reconnect with God in some way was they would sacrifice things at a temple. They would take the best things that they had, often animals, were given at the temple, and those animals were sacrificed as a way of trying to bridge that gap and to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the things that that I've done. Here's something that, that might try and make it up to you. And what happened was ultimately the people in the altar lived in a flawed system. The sacrifices of something that hadn't caused the issue Couldn't solve the issue. The sacrifice of a lamb, or a goat, or a cow, or a heifer, as it might write in the Old Testament, um, would never atone for the things that we had done in our life. You may know the phrase, nothing but the blood of Jesus, an old hymn that we occasionally uh, redo. Nothing but the blood of Jesus would have been enough. Why? Let's read in Hebrews 9, verse 12 to 15. He did not enter, this is talking about Jesus, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. What that might mean for us this afternoon, what it means is the blood of Jesus is enough. The sacrifice that he made makes up for not only my sin and your sin, but the sins of everybody for eternity. You see, there was no way for God's perfect nature to mix with our imperfect nature without a bridge in the middle. Jesus came and lived a perfect life so that he could be that bridge. Only a perfect human could bridge between perfection and humanity. You see that? Only a perfect human could be that bridge between God's perfection and our humanity. So what does the blood of Christ mean? It says here, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. Covenant is a biblical word for promise, of a new promise, that they may receive eternal inheritance. He has died For a ransom, to set them free from the sins committed under the first promise. The first promise being what was laid out in the Old Testament, what was laid out as a list of laws that you should try and follow to live your life as best as you could to meet God's standard, a standard which was ultimately unattainable. And yet Jesus came and said, I'll make it attainable for you. I'll make it attainable for you. I'll make it attainable for you. you." I love what Gerald said when he said uh, he had a powerful moment with God and he came to the front of the, of the communion bars and, uh, and he said he felt washed inside and out. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful thing to experience a, a cleansing internally and, and externally at the same time. What a powerful God that we serve. It's actually... Even deeper than that, it's even deeper than the blood of Jesus is enough for me. You may have heard the phrase, born again Christian. You may have some, um, you may have some hang-ups about that phrase, born again Christian, that may conjure up a certain image of sandals and socks kind of guy um, from Southern America. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a born again Christian. Christian. Let's reclaim that phrase and read what it says in John 3 verses 1 to 5. This is Jesus talking to a man called Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee. Pharisee means a religious leader at the time. A man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. That sounds very important. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again of water and the Spirit. The Greek word there for born again is actually um, anothen, anothen, meaning from above, born from above. You see, I love this phrase, born again, and I really want us to reclaim this phrase of a born again Christian, because if you're washed, you can do that yourself, you can wash yourself, you can clean yourself. However, birth cannot be accomplished, accomplished alone. Birth can't be done by the baby, although I'm sure they help along the way. What Jesus is saying is if you think you're washed clean, a person might be able to think they can wash themselves, but no one can birth themselves. There is something supernatural here in that we are washed inside and out, but we are also reborn in the very moment that we connect with God, in the very moment that we, as we read in Romans 10, confess with our mouth, and believe in our heart. These things happen straight away. And what's really interesting is if we were going to put you on eBay, we would actually need to create a brand new category. (laughs) Because not only are you made new, but you're made even better than when you were born. Your very condition of your soul right now, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess it with your mouth, the very condition of your soul is cleaner than when the moment you were born. Whether we feel like that or not, it's the truth of what the Bible says. We've just unpacked it. We've just unpacked three scriptures. Right now, your soul, if you believe in him in your heart and confess it with your mouth, right now your soul is cleaner than the day that you were born. Isaiah 1 verse 18 says this, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. There they are, red as crimson. They shall be like wool. Um, I've never had to teach Caleb how to lie. <laughs> he learned that all by himself. I've never, had to, uh, I've never had to teach Evie how to have a tantrum. She knows how to do that. <laughs> our innate nature, our innate nature, it is not perfect. And what Jesus came to do was to remove the crimson in our lives to make us like wool. And the beauty of Jesus' sacrifice is that that is truly the way that God sees you. He sees you, not by the things that you've done, but he sees you by the things that Jesus did over you. But hang on a minute, Ben. Lovely words. Thank you so much. I, I feel like I know about born again now. Um, but tomorrow is Monday, and I ain't going to feel like that tomorrow. What happens on the day-to-day life? What happens on the, on the everyday when you don't feel these things? If you're away from the building of church and you're out of the atmosphere here, created, if you're not in the presence of God whatever that might mean for you, in that instant. I don't feel this anymore, Ben. doesn't feel like that. What could I do? I believe there's two things you might be able to do in that circumstance. If that's you in your, in your heart right now, or you've ever been in that position, and you think, I know these things in my head, but I don't always feel them in my heart. I actually believe that's a really healthy place to be. The reason being, you've got two options. You can be honest... And he can come home. Let me unpack what that might mean for us this afternoon. You see, if you know the story of Adam and Eve, you'll know that at a certain point, Adam and Eve um, took, uh, well actually Eve initially took some fruit that she was told not to take. When she ate from that fruit and when Adam ate from that fruit, they became aware of their own nakedness. They became shameful when they hadn't been shameful before. And it is so easy to be like Adam and Eve with God and try and hide and cover up bits of you that, that you, you think God might not be pleased with. Oh, this bit, I'm not pleased with this bit myself, so God definitely can't know about that. I've got some good news and some bad news. God already knows. <laughs> That's good news for you. And bad news maybe if we're trying to cover up those things as well. Um, About seven or eight years ago now, just as we were starting church, actually, what I now recognize is I went through a period of my life that was actually an attack from the enemy um, and went through quite a severe anxiety stage um, where every single morning, bang on 6.30, I knew I was going to throw up. (laughs) It didn't matter what the day was holding. Um, It didn't matter what was going to happen throughout what was in the diary. I knew that at that point I would physically be sick at 6.30. This went on for a couple of months, Um, and what I now recognize at the time is an honest conversation pulled me out of that, an honest conversation between my wife and I, between Jen and I, um, talking about what was going on and why my head was in this space, but also a conversation with my dad, um, coming alongside and saying, look, this is happening on a daily basis, and I don't feel great at all. What? what do you think and just splurging out over the course of 45 minutes to an hour with my dad what was going on my honesty opened the door for my healing I can say that hand on heart my honesty opened the door for my healing what I was able to do was strip down the walls away and pray and start to understand that God had a plan that was different from this um if you're in the place right now where you think you're telling me these wonderful things. Yeah, I I believe it, I confess it, I I know I am born again, that's what the Bible says, but I don't always feel it. I think the first thing we'd do is to be honest. At church here, we have forums where you can be honest. We run our uh, life groups at a moment and meet in weekly. Life groups are the best place for you to be in your Christian journey because you can build yourself up With a group of people in someone's house or on Zoom, you can build yourself up. You can listen to some really great stuff, but there is a time for you to share and a time for you to be honest. And if you're not connecting with our life groups regularly, I would just encourage you, you must, must, must get involved in life groups. Uh, If you want to speak to anyone about that, anyone at the front, Pete, myself, Linz is at the back at the moment, or any of the team that are around here, or just the person that you came to church with they'll be able to point you in the right direction to get you connected into a life group where you can have that space and that honesty to try and open up our faith. Psalm 62 verse 8 says, Trust him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Maybe you don't feel like you have permission to be honest with God. Uh, Maybe you think, hmm, Uh, To a certain extent, my faith is based on, maybe I stand on ceremony with God. Maybe because I know he's so powerful, I find it difficult to be truly honest. I would encourage you to read a psalm. (laughs) It's nearly in the middle of the Bible, um, but the book of Psalms is just full of the writer, normally David, being horrendously honest, (laughs) being so open and honest, it's absolutely brutal. To the point where you think, does this guy even believe in God? And then you get to the second part of the psalm, and it turns around. Let's read Psalm 13 as an example of how honest you can be with God. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. (laughs) But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. What an example of brutal honesty. Essentially saying, Lord, you have forgotten about me. I don't feel it anymore. And still having the faith and the honesty to say, but I trust. The only reason I believe David could do that was because he was surrounded by people that sustained his faith. So I would encourage you to not only be honest, but also to come home. To come home. When I say home, what do I really mean? I mean here amongst the people of God. The worst thing that we can do if we're struggling in our faith, is to forget about Sunday altogether. The worst thing we can do is actually turn our back upon the very thing that could help us. And so I believe if you're feeling these things, not, not good enough, not worthy, I don't feel it on a Monday morning, let's be honest, and let's make sure we come home. Colossians 3 verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, one part of a body, You will be called to peace and be thankful that the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another, that means build up, all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There is something powerful when we come together and we sing, whether you've got the most stunning voice in the world or the worst voice in the world. There is something powerful when we sing out to God. There is something powerful in our worship. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish, build up one another with all wisdom. Hebrews 10, verse 23 to 25 is a very, very famous verse in the Bible. And it says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promises faithful, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. What does encourage mean? It means to put courage into. It means to put courage into. Every time you have a faith-filled conversation, what you are doing is putting courage into somebody else. The very act of encouraging is putting courage into. What a wonderful thought. What a wonderful thought. One of my favorite theologians um, of all time, that is a relatively sad thing to say, I think. <laughs> is a man called A. W. Tozer, and I regularly, regularly go through back, go back through um, his books. Uh, he said this: We know the right words, yet are never changed. This is the difference between information and transformation. He also said, Jesus Christ knows the worst about you, and nonetheless, He is the one who loves you the most. Jesus knows the worst about us, and yet he is the one who loves us the most. The the band are going to come back up. I'm nearly done. Um, We're going to sing in a moment. We're going to sing with gratitude in our hearts. While they get ready, I would love to read these verses from 2 Corinthians 5 to you. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. They are born again. They are brand new. They are born from above. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He wants to. To reconcile with you. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin. To be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does righteousness mean? Righteousness means right with people and right with God. We might become right with people. And right with God through one thing that Jesus did, which was lay his life down on the cross. What have we looked at this afternoon? We've looked at quite a bit in a short time. We've looked at Romans 10, which says, If you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Saved from what? An eternity without Jesus and brought into an eternity by God's side. We've looked at what Jesus' blood actually meant for us and why that was the perfect bridge between God's perfection and our imperfection. We know that that blood covers us. We've looked at the words born again. We've looked to realize that actually that does not mean anything physical. But what it means is that our souls are now better in a better condition than when we were born. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. We've looked at what does it mean if you don't feel those things. We believe you need to be honest about that and you need to come home. This is the best place to be. Right now you might be sitting here, having listened to these words, and you might be sitting there thinking, hmm, that's very interesting. I'd encourage you to go a step beyond interesting. Right now, you might feel like your heart is beating a little bit faster than usual in your chest. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I believe that if you pray this prayer with me in your heart, then you will be saved. The prayer will be that you believe that Jesus is Lord and that you confess with your mouth that he is Lord as well. This prayer is for someone who maybe is new to faith and wants to connect with Jesus, wants to connect with God, wants to be born again, wants to be covered in the blood of Jesus. You may have a 100,000 questions. I've been doing this Christian game for 20 years-ish, and I have hundreds and thousands of questions. That's a very healthy place to be. Having questions would not stop you from praying this prayer. And so right now, I'm going to pray that prayer. We're all going to bow our heads down as a moment of respect. And at the end of the prayer, if this was you, if you said this prayer for the very first time in your heart, were you saying it again? I would like you at the end of this prayer just to look up and make eye contact with me, an incredibly brave thing to do. But all we want to do is give a Bible to you. We want to talk to you about the wonderful decision that you've just made. We don't want to make a fuss of you and call you out to the front. We don't want to embarrass you. But we do want to have that moment to to pray with you and connect with you. So, here comes that prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the things in my life that I've done that have offended you. Um, Maybe I was, I didn't know I was offending you. Maybe sometimes I knew I was doing things that weren't great. Lord, thank you that, that we all do those things and yet you still choose to be our friend. Thank you that as I pray this prayer, you can now connect with me. Lord, you, you can come into my heart. You can come and live with me by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I, I want all these things that have been said. Lord, I, I, would, I would like to be born again. I'd like to be covered by Jesus' blood. Lord, thank you that I, if I ask these things, You will come. Amen. Amen. As everyone keeps their head bowed for a moment, if you are someone who would like to respond to that prayer, would you be really brave and just look up? Make eye contact with me? We would love to say, well done. Amen. 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 What a wonderful thing. Thank you, Lord. For the rest of us, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing. And as we sing together, I would really love it if the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart right now. If you took a moment to listen to what God wanted to say to you today. Lord, I thank you for the power of the cross. Lord, I thank you that that sacrifice covers every single living being for eternity. Lord, every single human being can come under that alignment to say, wow, Jesus is enough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are born again. Thank you that the condition of our souls is better than when we were born. Lord, thank you that we are closer to you than we ever have been before. Lord, I pray that that would be true for every Christian in this place. Lord, that we we would not only receive our salvation, but we would own it and we would live within it. Father God, we love you. In your name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. thanks again for listening to hear more of our messages make sure to subscribe to our youtube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers if you feel like you got something out of today's message why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of jesus we are praying for you we love you so please if you need anything at all check out springschurch.co.uk god bless